What up? Welcome back to the Stella Stella Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Mason Boyd, joined as always by Glennios. And Matt Souza. <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh, come on. You How do you follow that me? up? How do you follow that up? Yeah, it's uh, been a good mood. So I feel like the seasons are that. I can taste it. What the? Oh, I thought that Susan was leaving. I thought yeah, I just saw him storming out. I was like. <laughs> I, could, I could taste the season because technically preseason football will be happening right now, but it's not. We like to think there is. Oh, you're right. And uh, this is where we finally start talking about fantasy upcoming season. What's going to be like? I'm excited. I didn't even realize that preseason should be going on. That's how far into August we already are. I know. It's about halfway through. The yeah. fuck? I know. No legit. So, yeah, this is we're going to start doing uh, position previews, uh, NFL previews, and uh, movie trailer previews. <laughs> yeah, tell them, tell them what we got lined up. All right, we got, we got a special show lined up for you today, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages. Um, we're going to be talking Arby's. I'm thinking Arby's. Mm. Like last year, um, in some of the preview episodes we did in the preseason, uh, we each gave our top 10 running backs how we think the season's going to stack out for the upcoming year. Um, and we're going to do that with every position. This week, we're going to do running backs and tight ends. And then next week, we're going to come back at you with quarterbacks and wide receivers. It's going to be big. It's going to be Hell big. Yeah. It's going to be big, big right now. Bust. So, I, are, you guys, are you guys ready? Do you have anything you want to say before we get started? Like how your day was? I'll defer to Mason. Okay. Uh, day was good. Uh, I was on vacation last week, so going back to work this week has been a pain in my ass. Yep. I wish I was not back at work. I mean, all right. that's all I want to say. They call you the working man. They do. Yeah. Getty Lee specifically calls me that. Yeah, he does. Uh, I've just been home ever since March 27th. Never thought I'd get this far, but here I am, and I'm loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Not sponsored by McDonald's. No. Okay. Running backs. Who wants to go first, dude? Uh, you guys can go first. Actually, so let we're me, ranking let, our running backs right here. Yeah, should we, we start at, the should top we start 10 at, running backs are? Should we start at 10 and work our way up to one? I don't, think, one? I don't think the people would like that. Yeah, probably not. And this is the people's podcast. Thanks. Um, all right. Let me ask you a question then. Um, any of us here? Hands up now. Who's doing this? Any of us here? <laughs> any of us here? would like to say any other football player's name that you would rank as the number one running back besides the man, the myth, the legend, Christian McCaffrey. No, no. I mean, did you even you, – you should that you to directly ask that to Souza because if you thought that I was going to rank – I'd rank Christian McCaffrey at every position in the top ten, my boss. Yeah, see, but he's only a running back. I put him as number, my number one wide receiver, too. Yeah, but you can't. 
When you draft I mean, I him, you can only put him in the I, running back I, slot or flex spot or your bench. But if you tried right, to physically about, put him in the wide receiver slot or the quarterback slot, it, it simply would not work. So how about this? Uh, so he can't be your number one receiver, so I'll, yeah, I'll put him in my number one flex as well. Love that, oh. man. Right. Love that, man. So we can all agree Christian McCaffrey is ranked number one going into the 2020 season, correct? For obvious reasons. And those mm. would be – he's nasty. Guys are walking. Yeah, guys are walking. Fucking, he's a walking twenty-five plus points every week. Um, I don't see. I don't see the addition of Teddy Bridgewater changing anything in the Carolina offense. You know, no. they have they haven't added anything crazy. As long as CMC is healthy, he's still going to be the man. And you'd be a goddamn fool to pick someone other than Christian McCaffrey at number one. Yeah, pretty much. As long as he can maintain this workload of over 400 touches a year, he's in. I don't even think he got that. Did he get that? Yeah, I'm looking at it. 287 carries, uh, 116 receptions. That's not – is that 400? 404, 403, right? Wow. I thought I was good at math. Yeah, he's the man. All right, so we got him number one. Number two, though, this might work. This might be where it gets a little tricky. Yeah, we'll, we'll get a little tricky. Who wants to go? I first? hope you guys got your arguments prepared. Oh, I got an argument Mason. ready. That's Listen, my you don't have to specifically call me out, okay? <laughs> so I don't know if you guys want to just go one by one, just say the names first, then we'll talk about it, or say it all at the same time, see if it's the same. No, you go first. The way my screen goes, it goes you than me, than Mason clockwise. So that's how we'll do it. So you say you're number two running back, and then I'll say mine. Then Mason will say his. And then I can hang up from this call and never come back. <laughs> this oh, why? Because I'm going to put uh, Tariq Cohen as my number two? Yeah. <laughs> this was tough because it was – I'll just tell you right now, it was between Zeke and Barkley. But I went with – I went with Saquon. I went with Saquon Barkley. I don't want you to give me. an explanation yet. Oh, that's right. That's right. Sorry. <laughs> Saquon Barkley. You went with Saquon Barkley? Yeah. It was between Zeke and Saquon, and you went with Saquon Barkley? Yep. Well, I did close. too. You did too. He <laughs> did. I got Spoiler. Saquon at number two. So did I. So. Wow. Okay. 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 Great minds think alike. Woo-hoo. All right, so um, should we talk about it? Or? Yeah, go ahead, Susan. Continue on Saquon, because I will add. All right, so I just think that he is more – well, not that Zeke's not important to his team, because he is, but obviously there's a lot more people to rely on on the Cowboys, unlike the Giants. You have Evan Ingram, but will he be playing? I don't know. And then it's Saquon and Golden Tate, I guess. I mean, Barkley's going to need to be the guy. He's going to need to be the the pass catcher too. He's going to get. He should get a lot of work there. Obviously, he had an injury last year. Still finished number ten. Finished number one or two, depending on your format. The year before as a rookie, and I just think that's going to continue as long as he's 100% health this year. And um, and Zeke is consistent. But I feel like Barkley has those weak winning potential, the weak winning potential, because he had a 40-point game last year. 
I feel like he's more likely to have a game like that than Zeke. And obviously, he's going to give you relatively consistent games as well. Um, so that's kind of the difference maker for me. Okay, I'll add on that saying Saquon Barkley going into this season, if he is healthy, in my mind, he could threaten Christian McCaffrey as the number one fantasy running back. Obviously, based on last year, everyone's going to draft Christian McCaffrey first. But I feel like it's hard to remain as the best running back in fantasy in back-to-back years. I feel like every year there's a new running back that's either, you know, leapfrog somebody and goes up in this way. I can't remember the last running back who back-to-back years was consistently the best, like number one overall. I think Saquon takes the throne this year, which is – I mean, obviously, like I said before, you'd be stupid not to draft McCaffrey. But if you have the number two pick and you have Saquon, you're as good as gold. Because, like I said, barring any injury, and that's with everybody, um, he's going to get the volume. Like you said, there's no other offensive weapons really besides Golden Tate, Evan Ingram. Daniel Jones is going to get better. um, So that could open up things for Barkley too. And when you're comparing him to Zeke, you're correct in saying that um, as far as like a a big week potential, I think Saquon has – more of an explosive factor than Zeke does. Zeke, I think it will be better consistently on a week-to-week basis. Um, And also Zeke is part of one of the best offenses in football to where anybody can eat that week. Yeah. I love the Cowboys and the approach that they're – what I've been hearing under Mike McCarthy is that Zeke's still going to be the main focal point of that offense. So when if you draft Zeke – like if you draft Zeke two or three, wherever, it's it's not going to hurt you. You know, he's still going to be great. Um. I feel yeah. more comfortable with Saquon, though, being that guy who could possibly be the number one guy in fantasy. I like so it. My turn? Yeah, go ahead, Mason. Um, I, I feel like you guys both kind of – well, you both thoroughly explained uh, kind of how I feel about Saquon. Susan did kind of, for the most part, piggyback – or I'm going to piggyback kind of off of what Susan said, where um, – I think the difference between Zeke and Saquon is that Saquon is that offense basically in a nutshell. And they still have a very young quarterback there. So I think a lot of times the play calling there will cater to safer plays, which will involve Saquon Barkley. Um, Not to mention he's just a dynamic uh, running back in and of itself. Um, You know, so I I think he'll have more opportunity for more – volume due to the fact that he is essentially that offense in a nutshell. You know what I'm saying? Um, Mm -hmm. And that's also not a dig at Zeke because, I mean, Zeke is also an essential part of the Cowboys offense, but I think Dak is a little bit more of an established quarterback and, um, or he is, he is an established quarterback, I feel. Uh, And I think the, the passing game in, in Dallas is miles better than, than what they have available in New York. So that's personally why I put Saquon at two and then Zeke at three. Um, do, which, we, do we all have Zeke at three? I do. Yeah. I do too. <laughs> so uh, continue on to Zeke, Mason. Uh, yeah. So, um, I mean, like I said, I think it's it's hard to pick between – I, I really think it's, it's a toss-up between the top three guys. It's like these three and then I think – kind of a pretty steep drop off to the number four 
to, you know, like that second tier. Like these guys are the elite of the, the elite. Like every time you put them in your lineup, you're guaranteed 15 to 20 points at the very least every yeah. week. Very reliable. Yeah. So, um, so I mean, yeah, I mean, Zeke, Zeke's going to be Zeke. I feel, you know, it, it, they're the Cowboys offensive line is still good. Um, and I, I think, yeah, I, I mean, I just, I just think Zeke is Zeke. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's not really much else to say. Like, I think we've been saying a lot of the same stuff about the guy for the past two years. He's, yeah. he's a great running back. He can catch the ball. Um, he's going to get high volume because of the way that their offense works. Um, you talk about Zeke now? Yeah. And the, and the so. thing is now, too, with Zeke, like, this Cowboys offense is probably the most explosive it's been since Zeke's been on the Cowboys. So early in his career, if you tried, you know, they had Des Bryant, but the wide receiver across from him, you know, wasn't that good, Terrence Williams. And then, you know, you could kind of stack the box against Zeke. And even when you did, he would still be successful. Now, if you try stacking the box against the Cowboys, you're going to have Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, even Blake Jarwin, guys who can spread out the field, and Dak's just going to have a field day. So I feel like they're not going to do that. If they bring out that three wide receiver set, it's going to be fucking hell to pay. And Zeke is going to feast. He is going to get um, in the end zone, and he's going to get your team a lot of fantasy points. I'm yeah. not biased or anything, but that's just how I feel. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure, and you have to consider this now, is it confirmed? I think it's confirmed that he did get the coronavirus, right? And he got yeah, through he it. did. He was uh, asymptomatic. Oh, was he asymptomatic? I know he had it. I saw a video with him, and he had it. Um, it didn't really affect him heavily. He just felt fatigued for like a couple of weeks. But he feels so, great now. So. I mean, if the way nature and our bodies work, if that means he's less likely to get it again, that adds a little more safety to picking him in your before over Barkley because um, that's something you kind of have to consider. So that, that, that could be a tiebreaker possibly something to okay. think about. And then also too, like if you're thinking about offenses, like what offense is more likely to be on the field more the Cowboys or the Giants, you know, I, I've, I've owned both Zeke and Saquon and I feel like I saw Zeke on the field for a higher percentage of the game as far as time of possession goes with the Cowboys than being a Saquon owner and being like, okay, why isn't Saquon on the field? Oh, it's because the Giants fucking suck. And, yeah, that's uh, a good point. Yeah. So, that's a good point. But like I said, you know, Saquon's just that good too, and, and so is Zeke. Initially, like, all these three guys, even McCaffrey, are interchangeable. And fantasy, like I said, just for the PPR value too, you got to factor in McCaffrey is still the best. Um, but Saquon and Zeke could give them a run for their money this year. Absolutely. I mean, mm -hmm. they all touch the ball like crazy. Barkley does get more targets and receptions, but Zeke, three out of four years, has 300 carries, which is crazy. Yeah. And so they're all going to eat. He's led the league in rushing twice, too, so it's uh, – they're all going to eat. All right, number four is where we get a little dicey yep. here. Oh, interesting here. A little dice. Uh, Mason, you go first. All right, so uh, headphone users be warm because I got a little, uh, I got a little something at number four that goes like this. Oh, God. <laughs> That's what we got. A little Derrick Henry action, baby. Well, All you right. got that. 
Oh, that's yeah. right. We're, we're going around the circle. Mason. Yeah. I see your Derrick Henry, and I love that energy. But I didn't choose Derrick Henry to number four. Oh, shit. Okay. Who'd you get? As much as I love Derrick Henry, I think there is one man who is on a redemption tour this year uh, for last year. And that man, Sousa would know very well. His name is Alvin Kamara. Alvin and the Chipmunks, baby. Let's go. Susan. I agree. He is my number four back as well. Ooh. Do you want to explain why? And then Mason can argue with us. <laughs> sure. Um, so, fact of the matter is Alvin Kamara had a down year. No doubt about that. But why? Why did he have a down year? Touchdowns. Because he didn't get in the end zone because he was hurt. He was playing, he was playing 60% and he couldn't play 100% because he was playing hurt the whole season. And I didn't tell anyone until the playoffs. Oh, <laughs> That's the only part I don't like about Alvin Kamara. Like, what the fuck? You're not, you're not at 100% the whole season, yet you don't tell anybody? So us fantasy People do owners, that all the time. So us I'm, fantasy owners are like, all right, Alvin Kamara, plug and play every week. He's going to be great. And then he fucking sucks. Like he did for you last year, Sousa? Yeah. But people yeah. do that. I know Matt Stafford did that with his thumb one year or something. But Matt Stafford's a tough son of a bitch, and he still performs. Alvin Kamara did dick last year from his expectations the two previous years. Yeah, I don't know what he was doing, but I know he had a similar type of thing as Barkley did with a high ankle sprain. He missed a couple weeks, but only two games. Well, I guess they had a bye week right after because Barkley missed three weeks uh, while Kamara only missed two. But there was a bye week in there too, so maybe you could say it's the same. But the fact of the matter is it's about the same production in a way. Like his rushing yardage, he had about 800. That's kind of the normal. His uh, receiving yards, a little down. He had 500 as opposed to 700 and 800 years before. But the biggest things were, were touchdowns. He wasn't efficient with that he literally if you ignore or you have to as a fantasy player ignore week 17 doesn't even matter the only times he scored was in the championship week 16 and then week three that's it two games two fantasy games that matter to you that's all he scored in two yeah and and And, that's and that's not good no it's not good and that's that's although touchdowns are hard to predict and you can't really that's probably like the like I just said the hard the hard to predict so the least um, reliable. Still, you got to expect more than a couple touchdowns all year, especially um, from especially from a guy who did it in two previous years, and he's on one of the best offenses in the league. Yeah, this this offense is very efficient, and I was watching him because I had him on my team last year, and every time he he grabbed the ball, he was well. Hello, you could everyone? tell, I guess, he was a little slow with his let me put it into three last year this point last year we were saying that alvin Kamara is the most elusive back in the league because he just makes people miss like it, it takes you multiple attempts to tackle him because he'll just make you miss on the first try last year he could not break a tackle it was like the yeah. first guy who contacted him he was going down mm. i've never seen that- him get tackled in the backfield more than i did last year and that plays into his receiving yards, too, for sure. Because actually, all three years he's been in the league, every single year he's had 81 receptions on the dot. 
which is great. So even with the lack of touchdowns, he was still, depending on your format, a top 10 guy in PPR because he was always getting receptions, which was really nice. Even though he wasn't getting far, he was still racking up receptions. So one, he was kind of hurt. And two, he had an outlier year with touchdowns on the, da- the downside. So if you, you know, return to the mean a little bit with touchdowns, maybe give him another five or so, and then uh, add a little bit of health to him to get him more production, I think he's going to bounce back nicely. And here's the thing, too, like <clears throat> listeners at home being like, oh, Glenn shitting on this guy, but he's got him as number four ranked guy. I think if he says what he says now that he is 100% and he's ready to go, he should have those seasons like he did his rookie year in his second year. And if he doesn't, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So if you draft him high again this year and he underperforms like he did last year, at that, like, I think that's it for him. Like, like, don't stop drafting him top five after that. Because if he comes back and he's the Alvin Kamara from two years ago or three years ago, then okay, I'm cool with Alvin Kamara. He, he might even be tossing that McCaffrey, Zeke, and Saquon conversation if he does that same production as far as scoring, receiving, rushing. But if he doesn't, he drops down to the fucking Nick Chubbs and Josh Jacobs of the world. Yeah, I agree. Because so his whole four. game has been efficiency, and if he stops, if he's less efficient, then uh, it'll it'll show big time. Right. Um. All right, Mason. You say Derrick Henry? Tell us why. All right. So, number one, it's going to um, – I'm not going to reveal where I have Kamara ranked on my top ten yet. I think it will surprise Sneaky. you guys where I have him a little bit. Um, but uh, one of the big things I come back to is obviously – stop me if you've heard this before – but strength of schedule. So, hmm. if, we, if we look at New Orleans strength of schedule – um, they have one of the hardest schedules for running backs uh, out of the entire NFL. Um, so, and Tennessee is kind of middle of the road. And I think also, um, like, Derrick Henry showed us in the playoffs that even if he is the fucking only thing that is happening on that team, where, like, you know, a lot of teams, like, we've said this about Todd Gurley before right? When you focus on Todd Gurley, you can take him out of a game. We've seen in the playoffs last year when they played the Patriots and when they played the Ravens, those teams damn well knew what the fuck Tennessee was going to do. They're going to run the ball down your throat. They're going to kill you with time of possession. And Derrick Henry did that every week and it did not matter that they knew. (laughs) So I think Regardless of teams, you know, preparing for him, I just think he's such a big body that he is going to get you yards and he's going to get you touchdowns. Because I'll be honest, I think Ryan Tannehill isn't going to have as good of a season as he did last year because I don't know what the fuck happened. You're like the horseshoe shoved up his ass or something. But uh, I think he's going to fall back down to earth a little bit. Water's going to see his level with him. I think Derrick Henry's going to need to pick up um, – a little bit more kind of what we saw in the playoffs. Not so much where, I mean, Ryan Daniel didn't do anything. What do you have, seven or like 12 pass attempts against the Patriots or something like that? Something you know right. what I mean? So yeah. I don't think he'll have to do, you know, something like that where he's going to run the ball like 
60 times or something. But still, he's going to get a lot of volume. Um, and I think – I just think that he's – He's shown that he's one of the best pure running backs in the league over the past few seasons. And I think he's going to continue to do that. And I think um, he's going to be right outside of where Zeke, Saquon, and Christian McCaffrey are, purely on running alone because he's not that good of a pass-catching back, which is kind of impressive if you think about it that way. Yeah, he's but, the man. Uh, I, um, I want to add on Derrick Henry and then why I have Kamara over Derrick Henry because I love me some Derrick Henry. Um, and you said it just to have the pass catch. If that doesn't improve for Derrick Henry, he'll still be he'll still be an RB one. He led the league in rushing last year. He gets into the end zone. But to put Derrick Henry over the top into that next tier of elite running backs, he needs to catch the ball. I think personally, he's going to be involved in more in the pass catching offense this season than he was in previous years. Um, but I just think if Alvin Kamara, uh, Alvin Kamara does what he normally does as far as receiving yards, rushing yards receptions and touchdowns he'll score more points than Derrick Henry I don't know if Derrick Henry is going to lead the league in rushing again um, he's going to get touchdowns but I just think um, the pass catching really kind of sets Derrick Henry back a little bit but I have, I have Derrick Henry number five right after him because that's how good Derrick Henry is I believe in him that's my boy yeah I'm going to move on to the next guy to our five go ahead Susan I was going to just say I kind of I agree with the pass catching. That's the big hindrance keeping him out of the top three, top four. Um, Wait, Susan. And then everything just kind of points towards a little bit of a pullback with him. I mean, led the league in rushing, fifteen hundred yards. That could go down. I'm not going to say he's, he doesn't have a good chance, but the biggest thing for me is eighteen touchdowns. That is a very high amount. Tannehill needs to regress. Um, the touchdown category will probably regress for Derrick Henry. I don't see him finishing like two in standard leagues or five in PPR. I see him finishing a little lower. And like Mason did, I'm not going to tell you where I have him. Um, All right, Dan. I'll say, like I said, number five, I have Derrick Henry. Who are your number fives? All right. My number five is uh, Dalvin Cook. Okay. My number five is Dalvin Cook. Okay. We did it. We did it. All right. You already heard my Derrick Henry spiel. Give me some Dalvin Cook. Uh, Mason, what do you think? Me or you? Um, I don't care. It's up to you, man. So, Dalvin Cook really showed up last year. Uh, it was really a breakout because he finished in the top five, unlike prior years. Um, but unlike Derrick Henry, this wasn't necessarily an outlier year. He had 1,100 yards. That's He could do that, no problem. He had 13 touchdowns all on the ground. That's very doable, especially if you take away some on the ground but give him some through the air. He has Because he gets receptions. He has 53 receptions, which is like double than Derrick Henry. So I think – I think like this is Dalvin Cook's average, which is number five back, 1,100 yards, 500 through the air, um, 13 touchdowns. I think that's pretty average for him. Um, I could, you could expect a little more rather than Derrick Henry most likely to regress. So I, I feel like as long as he's healthy, which that's a big risk. That is a big risk. If you want to avoid risk in the first round, maybe you do go with Derrick Henry over Dalvin Cook. 
But I don't like to think like that. I look at the opportunity. He's there in the passing game. He's pretty explosive. Um, so I'm going with Dalvin Cook. Yeah. I mean, I like Dalvin Cook. It's not as much as I like Derrick Henry. Actually, not even close to as much as I like Derrick Henry. Um, no, Cook's great. And we saw what he can do when he actually plays a full season. Even He really didn't even play a full season. But um, it's health with, the, with Dalvin Cook. You know, you want your first guy to be like, okay, this is my guy, my rider. I, every week I'm rolling him out there. And if he's out there, that's great. But my guy Dalvin Cook hasn't proved – to sustain a full healthy season yet. He's great. Minnesota's offense is good. Great when he touches the ball. Um, I just think Derek would be better. I got Dalvin Cook at number six. Yeah. You guys, who you guys got number six? Or Mason, you want to talk about Dalvin Cook? Um, no, I think you guys kind of some surmised. I also, I have to... I feel like I have to put Dalvin Cook in my top five by default after the disrespect I put in his name last year. So That's a good point. I'm trying to make a little bit of amends here. He was, uh, he was your fuck of the uh, premature fuck of the year, right? Yeah. In the offseason last year. Mm. And that came back to uh, prematurely fuck me yeah. last year. So, yeah. Uh, apologies, Dalvin Cook. Um, I'm putting some spec on your name this year. So, right. uh, do you guys want to talk about the next person? Yeah, I already said Dalvin Cook's my number six. Let's kind of keep it rolling here because we got a lot. All yeah, right, we do. Number six for me is uh, Nicholas Chubb. Ooh, oh, interesting. Yeah, it's really good. interesting. Uh, mine's Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Hilaire. I'm going Hilaire. All right, so I have Cook at number six for the reasons I just said. I have Chubb at number seven um, because Chubb gets dubs. He is a fucking beast. And I know Kareem Hunt's in the backfield, and I know he's going to be involved, but Chubb gets dubs. He's in the end zone. How many goal line opportunities did the Cleveland Browns have last year? I don't know. A shit ton. I feel like every time I watch them, they're on the goal line, and Nick Chubb was out there. And then a lot of times, too, they wouldn't give him the ball because they're yes. a fucking idiot head coach. I remember one time specifically they threw the ball at David and Joe like four times. Yeah. And we were all like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, like you have Nick Chubb. And I, I, I hope, I pray that he gets the utilization he deserves because he's a beast. I like Nick Chubb. I agree. He's I good. feel like he, uh, he's, he's slept on because he's been very, very good these past yes. two seasons. But I don't Obviously, think he gets talked about as much because he's in Cleveland where the team around him isn't as good or they don't perform up to their standards. But, but he has been. And I honestly think he's been kind of exceeding them personally. And also, like I said yeah. about Zeke earlier, like if you stack the box against Chubb, especially now, um, Cleveland's got wide receivers who can hurt you. You know, they added Hooper. They still got OBJ, Landry. I understand, I understand Kareem Hunt, you know, when you're worried about him getting more of a workload, and that's yet to be seen. And he will play a factor in it. There's no doubt there's going to be moments where you're like, why the fuck isn't Nick Chubb out there? But, you know, Kareem Hunt's a good talent as well. Um, you got to stick your guns with it. I believe in Nick Chubb. Susan, you said you have Clyde. I have Clyde right after Nick Chubb at number eight. Yeah, so I guess what I would say Clyde over Chubb is just 
uh, Chubb doesn't get many receptions. He only had 49 targets, 36 receptions for under 300 yards. Clyde should catch the ball. It's an amazing, amazing offense. First of all, just the offense. And then you couple that with the uh, the run game scheme that Andy Reid always has, always producing great running backs, even making Damian Williams formerly on the Dolphins sucking eggs. Um, well, I guess Kenyon Drake did too. Um, but Damian Williams I don't think is that great of a talent, of a, of a football player. Yeah, but, yeah, even he looks good in that scheme because that's just what that scheme is. And Clyde is a great player, and he's getting on a great offense and a great scheme. He's going to catch the ball probably more than Chubb, and uh, I think that's going to make the difference. But um, Chubb is good. Chubb is good, and like I said, I have Clyde right after him. Um, the reason he cracks the top ten is just because, like you said, that Chiefs offense and what they do. Um, he was their first round pick at number 32, which is a good pick for them because what hole do you need to fill in your offense if there is any holes? Running back, especially now yeah. with Damian Williams opting out. Um, so, yeah, it's all system goes for Clyde, which adds even more fuel to the fire. Um, yeah, I, I like Clyde, but there's something about Chubb. And the thing is, with Clyde, he's also a rookie, you know, so we don't know how he'll pertain in the NFL. Kareem Hunt was a rookie. And he was nasty, and that was with Alex Smith at quarterback. And we saw what Kareem Hunt did with Pat Mahomes. Um, Kareem Hunt wasn't as highly touted as a rookie as Clyde Hilaire is. So you'd like to think yeah. he's going to su- succeed. Will he have the same success, you know, successful rookie season as like Zeke and Saquon? I don't think so. But I think he'll still finish top 10. He'll still be great. Um, yeah, that's how I feel about Clyde. Mason, do you have Clyde in your top 10? Um, I actually don't. I have him at number 11. If that, uh, He's like right on the cusp for me. Hmm. Yeah, um, see, that'd be top 11s, but we're not doing that. Um, so, for, well, we're, we're on number 7 now, right? Yeah, we're say. mixing it around because we're talking about the same people we got. Okay, so number 7 is where I have Alvin Kamara. Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot about like that. I said, I, I cited my concerns earlier when we talked about him as far as frame schedule goes. Um, and I think New Orleans is in kind of a unique position where, like, their quarterback shit is a little weird because, like, Drew Brees is coming back, yet they really want Taysom Hill to play. So I think that's a little – Jameis Winston. Oh, yeah, him too. Like, it's, it's a little spotty over there. I don't – I'm not as high on New Orleans this year as as a lot of people are. I think they'll still be good, like a de- a good team. But I, I don't know. I, it's something I just something just feels off to me there. And I don't know. Kamara just scared me a little bit last year. I don't know if he's gonna be. Um, I think ultimately where he will lie. Glenn, you give me a look right now. I am giving you a look because you just said there was a quarterback situation in New Orleans. <laughs> Well, no, they th- they talked about it in the offseason. about got, Drew Brees potentially passing the reins to Taysom Hill. Yeah, as long as he's playing, he's the quarterback. He's gonna do his best to lead the team. Taysom Hill will still be a part of the offense, but he's not gonna fucking like take time away from Drew Brees. That's just something to think about. Okay, it's just weird shit that's going on over there. I mean, Taysom Hill obviously is a factor. He can play any position. So, yeah, they'll have him a couple of plays, you know, if he needs to throw the ball. He'd probably be out there like fucking tight end or running back, whatever he does. I got to worry about Taysom Hill taking away touches from Alvin Kamara. That's why I'm not big on him. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm, before. I'm not worried about Taysom Hill, and I'm but, not worried about Jameis Winston either. So my main thing is that I think ultimately where Alvin Kamara is going to lie, I feel like isn't as bad as he was last year. Obviously, he had a relatively significant injury um, with his high ankle sprain, and I don't think putting him at at seven is like some sort of insult because I I think personally I think like still top ten. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean, like. These, these are still guys who are absolute studs who are going to get the job done for you week after week, I feel. Yeah, the, only thing, the only thing I'm hesitant about with Kamara is, like Sue said, I think seven's a good spot for him because I don't think he'll be able we, – we talked about um, him being able to replicate his rookie season, and then he did that in second year. He was very good again. Um, then I drafted him. Yeah, but then Susan drafted him. Uh, <laughs> but – I think, I think ultimately where he lies is somewhere in the middle. Where like he obviously is not gonna, he's not as bad. I think everyone can agree he is a much better player than he was last year. He have a high ankle sprain as a running back. That's a very difficult in, uh, injury to deal with because I mean Saquon had a high ankle sprain last year and he had a, a very rough, a pretty rough year. I think you could say for where he was drafted and people are still banging the drum for Saquon Barkley. So I mean. You know, I I, I think it would it would be it would be dumb for me to come over here and be like, oh yeah, Luka Kamara sucks because he had a high ankle sprain, and then say Saquon Barkley is the best thing since fucking sliced bread, and he had a high ankle sprain. That would be stupid. Yeah. Um, so I, I just think for he's gonna have a tough time replicating or or getting a shit ton of touchdowns. Uh, like we've talked about, it's hard. It's hard to count on that. And I think ultimately, where he lies, somewhere in the middle of where he was his first two seasons and where he was last year. Obviously, he's going to have many more touchdowns too. Okay, I'd Good probably hope. put him somewhere from like seven to ten. So he'll be a little bit less. You know, kind of, kind of towards where he was, like three quarters of what he was. His first two seasons. Not as peak, but not as low. Yeah, like even Steven, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's still, he's still going to be a stud, is what I'm saying. I'm not trying to throw shade out. Yeah, he's I'm top ten. Good, yeah. Obviously, um, any of these guys are throwing – the only time it gets a little ill iffy is like the last like two or three spots. But, you yeah. know. All right, so he's he's your what, number seven? Seven. Yeah, seven. All right, I said Clyde was number eight for me. Suzo, who do you have? Well, I have – number seven for me is Derek Henry. That's where I have Derek Henry. Okay. We um, talked about him and how you feel about him. Right. So who's your number eight? My number eight is Josh Jacobs. Hey. Okay. My number nine is Josh Jacobs. So let's talk about Josh Jacobs. My number eight is Josh Jacobs as well. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Awesome. Let's all talk about Josh Jacobs real quick. Uh, he's a beast. <laughs> and he's going to get better. Now Raiders team is going to be better. And I think the Raiders – We'll get to my AFC preview later. They're a fringe wild card team. I agree. And um, they're going to be competing, which means Josh Jacobs is going to be getting fed the rock. Not Dwayne the Rock Johnson. The football. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Josh Jacobs, uh, I'm not sure. I know he had over 1,000 yards last year rushing. Yep. And he just looks good as a runner. Um, yeah. Yeah, he had 1,150 rushing yards, seven rushing touchdowns. He didn't produce in the passing game. He had 27 targets, 20 receptions, 166 yards. Yeah, you'd like to see his pass-catching numbers go up. 
Obviously, you can't rely on it because you you just see, you know, you just saw one season of him as a rookie. Um, I do think it will, too. He's going to get more involved in that offense. They're going to have more weapons uh, now with Henry Ruggs. And um, it's going to be a good year for the Raiders, the Vegas Raiders. Yeah, I I agree. And that was just his rookie season. I think now that they really know what they've got at their running back, They'll um, include him more in the passing game. He missed – I'm not counting week seven, Week 17. He missed three weeks. Yeah, he did. Weeks 6, 14, and 16, and with a pretty significant injury for running back, and that was a shoulder injury. And you're always leading with that shoulder, trying to run over people. So that probably hindered his production. Well, it definitely did, especially missing three games, but yet he still got 1,150 yards, seven touchdowns. So if you add another three games of production – Maybe give him another 200 yards and a touchdown or two. He's that, that bumps him up significantly. Yeah. He was an RB two last year, a high end RB two. He's gonna he's gonna hop the Aubrey one status. Absolutely. You, you get him, you know, late first round, uh, early second round. And he's gonna be that guy that that kind of rare breed that's gonna be a workhorse back. Yeah. And John Gruden probably old school like will do stuff like that. Give the running back the guy the ball and the, and the goal line and stuff like that, that old school type mentality. Hey. So I think he's safe. Hey, knock on wood if you're with me. <laughs> All okay. right. Um, so he's my number nine. Who you guys have number nine? That's where I have Nick Chubb. Oh. I have yeah. Joe Mixon at number nine. Here, the funny hey. thing about Joe Mixon, he's going to crack my top ten. He, I have him at ten, actually. He did crack my top ten, just oh. barely. It's uh, Joe Mixon – uh, like I said, if we were doing a top 11 list, he'd be 11. Um, but we're not. We're doing a top 10 list, so I'm not going to talk oh, about Oh, yeah. Okay. So, who uh, should we talk about first? I'll talk about Joe Mixon if you want. Okay. All right. So, the reason why I have him nine, as it has been well documented on this podcast and in our personal relationships, I fucking hate the Bengals. I don't want anything to do with them. I hate them as an organization. However, um, they are going to get, even though he's soft as fuck, they're going to get A.J. Green back, who is technically still a very good wide receiver. Uh, I was about to say Joe Burrow, and I was like, excuse me? No, no. Uh, But they do have Joe Burrow as well. So will their offense be better? I'd say it can't be worse than last season. Right. So, uh, and, I, and, and Joe Mixon was still relatively good in that offense. And I think AJ Green being back takes a little bit of pressure off him because you also have to worry about him. So, I think I think Joe Mixon will be a top 10 back. I don't want to pick him. I'll say that. I don't, like I said, I don't want to touch anything to do with the Bengals because that's just my personal bias that I cannot get over. And that's, Probably yeah. why I'm terrible at fantasy football because I can't get over my personal biases. But that's how I feel. I would hope to have Joe Mixon as like my second pick if I'm at the back of the first round. Get him early second. Yep. Definitely wouldn't want him as – I wouldn't feel comfortable with him as my first running back. But, nope. I mean, I guess if I grabbed like a Michael Thomas, I might have to live with it. But I like him. I think I live with that. his second half after his week nine bye – was was really great. 
I mean, this dude, as much as every time you think Joe Mixon, you probably think of his uniform being on the Bengals, and you're like, God, that team sucks. Joe Mixon never really living up to his name. But yet, last two years, he's pretty much a top uh, number one running back. He's quietly good. Just he's, like, he was, we he never was number 10 him. last year. Um, two years ago, number 13 or 11 last year, depending on your format. He's He's been doing it. And like I said, his back half of last year was tremendous. Um, multi, he, multi games of over 100 yards. Joe Mixon is like what Cam Newton was a couple years ago. It's like you don't watch the games, but like you just look at the box score and it's like, wow, he did pretty good. But when you're actually watching actually, the Bengals offense. But then like, if you actually watch the game, sucks. you're like, oh, brother, this guy stinks. <laughs> but it's like you, you just – when you're watching the games, you're pulling your hair out because you – just be thinking, like, how good he could be doing if the offense was just a little bit better. Oh, yeah, like watching Falcons, yeah. basically. Pretty much. And that's the thing. Like Mason said, I think the offense did get a little – or will be a little bit better. The and, Joe uh, Show. The Joe – yeah, the Joe Show. Joe Show or Joe Schmo? The Joe Show. Mm-hmm. You got Joe in the backfield. You got Joe under center. You got – and that's it. Yeah, he's – last two years has had – um 1400 yards from scrimmage that's pretty good and about eight or nine touchdowns so if you if that's his average and then you make the team a little better this could be a breakout for joe mixon that's pretty good all right guys he's in my top 10 all right my last guy number 10 go ahead mason all right so i usually try to get a little funky with my number 10 because uh you know there's potential for i feel like once you get to 10 there's a lot of movement you know, you can have a lot of movement between, like, 10 to 15. You know what I'm saying? Tariq Cohen alert. <laughs> got me. <laughs> I got Tariq Cohen coming out of retirement, baby. No. Uh, so, I think the number 10 running back this year is going to be Kenyon Drake. Glenn is sticking his tongue out, for it, those of you who can't see. If we were making, like, a top 11 list – he still wouldn't be there. Oh, no, oh, no he, I'm with you, Susan. He's like 12 or 13 for me. All right, well, so like, here's my here's my, my ass oh, for guys, me. You guys he's gotta go my first. Ass. You guys gotta go first. Say who you have, and I'll give my reasoning. I got I got the ultimate man who gets slept on in the NFL. I'm talking about the rushing touchdown king, Aaron freaking Jones. Oh, I'm so off him. It's not even funny. Woo! <laughs> well, I don't buy it. 19 touchdowns will not happen. So bring him if down. He to plays, like, if he plays me in fantasy twice, it'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> bring him down to like 13 oh, yeah, or gonna, 12 touchdowns. Glenn, he's going to get he's eight just, good, just against but. you. Dude, no, like, all right, if you're the Packers, right, you just made it to the NFC Championship last year. And you basically did it on Aaron Rodgers, who was very good. But Aaron Jones – was fucking consistent for the most part. He scored. Yeah. No, I mean, you're right. He I didn't even, like he didn't even get the volume that he deserved without 19 touchdowns. No, I remember I remember deep in the season last year, we were saying free Aaron Jones. Bro, they, he still has yet to be freed, right? He was just like – he was like peeking his head through the fence. He's like, oh, <laughs> guys, I'm stuck. I only got my head out. But I still got 19 touchdowns. Imagine yeah, they got to put some grease – body through the French what he could do let the man free that's I don't think I don't think I don't think he'll be free that's why I put him at number 10 but if he was free who knows mm, yeah most no. most of his 
I game think log was, last year was less than 60% snap percentage. Yeah. Less than because 60%. for some reason they had fucking Jamal Williams still out there. Like he's like he's good. They think he is, <laughs> I guess. So I guess you're right. If he does get the volume, increased volume, then that could make up for gotta a, put, most likely regression in touchdowns. But you got to put some respect on his name. And he catches the ball too a little bit. I've seen some good passes from him. Yeah, he does outfield. a little bit. That could also go up too. All right, number but, ten. Who you got, Susan? I had Joe Mixon. Oh yeah, Joe Mixon. Who you got, Mason? All right, so I had Kenny Drake. The reason I oh, had Kenny yeah. Drake is because you look at Kenyon Drake. Last year, he was very good once he got traded to the Cardinals. Uh, also, I'm just going to take this opportunity to say, fuck David Johnson has nothing to do with this, but I just want to say that because it reminded me. Um, so, yeah, I think I got to come clean. I think my like one of my sleeper teams this year is the Arizona Cardinals. I think that they're going to be a playoff team this year. And I will probably be a wild card team because I think uh, the 49ers or Seattle is going to win that division. But I think, I think Kyler Murray is going to take that next step, similar to what we saw last year from Lamar Jackson. I think a lot of people slept on the fact that Carolina, I think, or uh, Carolina, Jesus Christ, Arizona was a team that I think we're in a lot of close games. And I remember, uh, you know, like, like, I feel like they were always a team that were, like, scrappy, competitive uh, in most of their games. And I think now that they added DeAndre Hopkins as well, I think, like, this, that he, the offense has the chance to take, like, a big next step. Like I said, similar to kind of what happened last year with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. I don't think – Kyler Murray will be Lamar Jackson. Like, I don't think he's going to break a rushing record or something, but I think he could have a very, very good year because he showed flashes of it last year. And I think that'll help out the offense, and Kenyon Drake will be on a very dynamic offense. And I think the opportunity is there for him to make a big impact. All right. (laughs) (laughs) It's possible. It's possible. I don't know if I'm going to extrapolate some of his – some of his games because I mean I think he makes a big impact to us because in the fantasy playoffs that's when he blew his load lightning in a fucking bottle is what he is because let's week nine I'm not sure exactly when he went to the Cardinals but I'm pretty sure it started here where he's at San Francisco got 26 points because he definitely is not doing that on the Dolphins 26 points that's phenomenal then seven then 11 then six then eight and then 39 and 31 like those are the huge games because that was week 15, week 16. Obviously, that's going to be pretty memorable. Probably won some people some championships. I'm just guessing. And uh, <laughs> but, but will that be the Kenyon Drake you get all year? That's Maybe funny. not. We haven't seen this guy with a full workload. You know what I mean? We haven't seen it yet. So Yeah, speaking Maybe. of Kenyon Drake and Craig. Maybe not. Uh, Craig did send in a question to the pod. And since we're talking about running backs, this question is appropriate. Where do you feel comfortable, he says, Taking Clyde Edwards Hilaire. <laughs> Hilaire. Hilaire. Where? Where? Like, 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 like where in the draft? Like, what pick would you take him at your highest? It's tough because I got to think of who's around, like wide receivers and stuff. Um, 
I would say like late second, early third for me personally. He won't be there. I would not mind what? taking him at the end of the first round. I could just be well, I also am trying to what Sue's doing, like eyeball or like visualize what wide receivers and stuff would be around. So I don't know, I right. might have overcounted wide receivers. I probably did. He's he's so. in in a twelve man league, he's early second round. In a 14-man league, he's late first round, I'd say, early second round, around the same thing. Probably, he'd probably be like the, the – I, I can see him going from, like, pick 12 to, like, pick 16. And I'd be happy right there. I would not mind grabbing him and then right away grabbing another high-end running back to, to, to uh, yeah, I, couple I would, with I would, him. I would feel more comfortable – I guess, yeah, I would actually – I would say – I would say early second round because I would be comfortable taking like a very good wide receiver and then him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I would too. So, like if, if you got past like the top five guys, I'm, I'm doing the cutoff at, um, I'll say, I'll say Dalvin Cook. And then you guys, you have guys out there like Michael Thomas, Hopkins, Julio Jones. I'd probably take Julio over Clyde. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Hopkins as well because if I'm if I'm in that middle of the draft and I know it's coming back around, I'll still get a good running back enough who could be RB one potential like a Josh Jacobs, Aaron Jones, fucking Joe Mixon if need be. So yeah, I think we're mostly in agreement then. All right, so there you go, Craig. There you go. All right, let's switch gears to tight end and let's uh, let's speed it up a little bit with tight ends. Well, yeah, not much to talk about after the first like three people, so. Yeah, so number I one, I hope we're all in agreement. I don't know. I don't you never know. know. Depends who you talk to. All right, number one, um, in my opinion, still the best tight end in the league, Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Agree. All right, consensus number one, we got Travis Kelsey out of the way. He is a uh, pass-catching beast on the best offense in the league. He's a bee's uh, knees. Yep. Number two, right after him, is none other than, I think, the second best tight end in the league, George Kittle. I agree. Yep. Agree. All right. Both men also got paid today to five-year extensions. Mm, congrats. Kittle getting, I believe, a lot, a lot more coin than Kelsey did. Yeah, Kittle got like 40-something million guaranteed or something. Yeah. So, big payday I mean, for the big boy. In Kansas City's point, they have a lot of people to pay on that offense. For yeah. San Fran, Kittle's probably like the focal point of that offense. He, San Fran, Kittle's probably the most valuable player on that offense just from what he does in the run game, too, as far as blocking. Yeah, um, I agree. All right, number three, there's what things you had to feed. What do you guys got? I got Mark Andrews. I got Mark Andrews. Let's go! <laughs> I'm, all right, here's what I'm saying before we move on. I am hopping off of Zach Ertz's bandwagon. Me too. <laughs> Let's go, Glenn. Me too. It's no longer the holy trinity of tight ends anymore. Nope. Uh, it's Mark a dynamic Andrews, duo. Mark Andrews is stepping up. Lamar Jackson is going to be throwing the ball more this year, and Mark Andrews is going to have a big role in that. Mm. I'm not Agreed. completely hopping off of Ertz. He's still a top five, possibly top three guy, a great tight end to have. But um, with the holy trinity, I think you're right. It's more of a – like Mason said, a dynamic duo, and then yeah, there's a competition for the rest. All right, so we all got Andrews. Darren – uh-oh. <laughs> Number uh-oh. four, Darren uh-oh. Waller. <laughs> See, I, do, I have Ertz there. Me I do too, Glenn. Let's go, baby. 
No, I have right. Zach Ertz. Though. I got I got Ertz at five, and I'll tell you why. Um, I'm also picking Darren Wall because, like I said, the Raiders are going to be better. Derek Carr had his most accurate season last year. Um, Darren Wall is a beast, and you know that firsthand. I know that. I traded you to him. I traded him to you, Souza, and uh, I could have I, I could have went with a double tight end flex with Kelsey and Waller. And that probably would have been all right, and you would have been scrambling for a tight end every week like a bozo. <laughs> New York Bozo. Um, Darren Waller is going to have a better year at tight end position in fantasy than Zach Ertz because although Zach Ertz is Carson Wentz's favorite target, Carson Wentz is now um, – I feel like he has more help at wide receiver. They got fucking uh, Jalen Ragor as their first-round pick. Alshon Jeffrey, if healthy, is a beast. They're going to use their run game more, I believe, in Miles Sanders, and he's going to catch some passes. Deshaun Jackson's there. Deshaun Jackson. The thing is, they just need to be healthy, the wide receiver group. And that's why Ertz has got so much volume over the past. Uh, I mean, like I said, he's still going to be Carson Wentz's favorite target, so he's still a good value for Ertz. I just don't feel comfortable drafting him, you know, at the end of second round, in the third round now. Because even, I, I, even I Dallas Goddard is pretty good. He, he is sometimes too. takes stuff away from yeah. him. Yeah. But I still have him ahead of Darren Waller. I actually have Waller after Ertz. So okay, so interchangeable. We got him interchangeable. All right, so after number five then. Wait, you have Ertz at five, Mason? Yeah. All right, so after number five, number six, here's where things get a little dicey. Mm. Mm-hmm. I got I got the man himself with the school survivor glide, uh, Ned Bigby, <laughs> a.k.a. Damn. Tyler Higby. <laughs> I got – I really? actually have Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram? Okay. I have Evan Ingram too. I'm, I'm predicting a bounce back. He's, he's going to be healthy this year. And when he's healthy, top five or better is in his projection. Uh, Except the, he's just never played a full season yet. Yeah, here's the thing. You said when he's healthy. I'm going to say if he's healthy on Evan Ingram. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, Tyler Higby is a fucking beast, and he's the man. And he's going to get better this year because, one, he's going to be the starting tight end for hopefully the full season. Uh, none of this, you know, oh, I just realized we have Tyler Higby, and I'm going to start throwing to him fucking week 11. Um, and Jared 13. Goff, Jared Goff. Now I think this is going to be a uh, a make or break year for him. Like it, like it kind of was for Kirk Cousins last year. If you're Jared Goff, you're coming, um, you know, two years removed from being in the Super Bowl. You just lost your franchise running back, and now you're going to have a running back by committee scheme. They gave you a fat contract, so you're the quarterback of the franchise and the quarterback of the future. You got weapons on offense. Still got Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. Tyler Higby, he loves some Tyler Higby. And that's why I think Tyler Higby creeps in behind Zach Ertz at number six. I I have Hig, Higby in my top ten. He's low, he's lower though. Um Same. I just I don't know if what we saw at the end of the year, weeks thirteen through seventeen, is gonna be the norm. Because thirteen through seventeen, he was on the field at least eighty-six percent, as high as ninety-seven percent. But that was also the same time Cooper Cup had a out of nowhere like major decline of being on the field. Like there was one game where it was just Woods, Higby, and uh, who was the other guy? Was it Cooks? Cooks, yeah, Brian Cooks. I don't I say just, his name. In my I don't own. know why Cup was, Cup was off the field, but I don't think that's going to continue to happen. Yeah, I don't know. In either. which case, Higby might have a little decline. But in the landscape of tight ends, I don't hate that pick. Okay, uh, moving on to. Number seven, I do not have Evan Ingram. I have Hunter Henry. Me too. I got Jared Cook. Ooh, okay. Jared Cook. Okay. 
Uh, what? This is getting a little little wacky out here. All right. Uh, you like Jared Cook? I don't. Hunter Henry, um, like Evan Ingram, when he's healthy, he's a beast. Except mm. I think he's better. And you have a rookie quarterback or a Tyrod Taylor at quarterback in L.A. now. Yep. No more Phillip Rivers. And if you're a rookie quarterback and you look to that big old body of Hunter Henry in the red zone, he's going to catch the ball. He's going to be the man. And also, don't forget, in the open field, check downs, a lot of yeah. check downs. Especially when you have freaking Keenan Allen and Mike Williams spreading out the field for you. See, mm. Glenn, you said when he's healthy. I say if he's healthy. Ooh. <laughs> just put the Uno reverse card, bro. Even last year, <laughs> he missed weeks two through five, only played 12 games. And I agree. He's a good talent. New quarterback might check down to him. But Jared Cook has had Drew Brees. Drew Brees is a great quarterback. And Jared Cook has um, – he finished number seven, which is where I have him here last year. And uh, even in Oakland the year before, he was number five. So he definitely has what it takes to be in that range. And I just don't think Hunter Henry is going to overtake that with um, Tyrod Taylor. One snippet about Jared Cook. If I had a top 10 list like I do, he's not in the top 10. What about a top 11? Uh, No. (laughs) All right. Jared Um, Cook. Looks number like eight, is. number eight, I have Evan Ingram, and I'll get to Evan Ingram. Daniel Jones is going to evolve. You guys are right. If he stays healthy, he's a force. Um, he's had very good games with Daniel Jones. He's had very good games with Eli Manning. Um, he, he's a good player, good talent. He's more built like I feel like a, a wide receiver than a tight end. Um, so he's going to catch some passes. I just, I really don't think he's going to stay healthy though. I feel like it's a thing with him every year. Can't stay healthy. If you draft him on your team, that's fine. He does play. Good for you. You know, you got a solid tight end. You have to worry about the tight end position. Um, but when he doesn't play and he gets hurt, you're going to be scrambling on the waiver wire, looking like a fucking asshole. So that's why I have Evan Ingram below Higby and Henry. Number eight, who do you have? I have Mike Gusecki. You know what? If I had a top 11, Mike Gusecki would be 11. <laughs> I think this is uh, – I know someone by the name of Brennan Borges is all over Mike Gusecki last year. He's good. Um, he's a good talent. and Honestly, that gets masked in Miami if you're a good talent. But if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure like his, his um, combine stats were pretty off the chart for a tight end. He's 6'6", 250. He's, he's a big boy. He's, got, he's athletic. And I think this oh, is going to be a year – I'm Where? sorry. I think that's the first time I've ever heard Susan say he's a big boy. And it just sounded funny to me. He's a big boy, age 24. And I think this is going to – he's only been in the league <laughs> two years so far. Usually the second year, right, Mason, is the breakout spot. But – and it kind of was. He went from tight end 62 to tight end 11. And now it's going to be tight end 8 because that's where I have Dude, facts. <laughs> Fuck and, everyone who doesn't know that. And new quarterback. Possibly. It might still be Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I like that over Josh Rosen, I'll tell you that much. Or it's Tua, one of the yeah, two. Tua. And who's better for a rookie quarterback than a tight end? That's right. Uh, Tua and Mike Gusecki, but like I said, I'm top 11. Did you Mason? already cover number eight? Mason? Mason, yeah, did you say eight? 
Oh, no, I didn't. Um, my number eight is actually Hayden Hurst from the Falcons. Oh, um, Because wow. I think, if anything showed us something last year, uh, the Falcons offense, if they showed us anything last year through Austin Hooper, is that they like throwing to the tight end, and uh, especially if they can fuck – they're a big guy. They can go up and get the ball because uh, I think that's like an integral part of their offense. Matt Ryan does that basically to Julio Jones all the time. So um, they incorporated their tight end a lot more in their offense last year. And Hayden Hurst was on the Ravens, I believe, um, as their second tight end. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. So he was on he was on that team and as good as Mark Andrews was, uh Hayden Hurst was actually pretty decent as well for a for a second tight end anyway. Yeah. Um so I think that he's gonna kinda slot into the role that Austin Hooper had last year. And if he even gets seventy five, eighty percent of what Hooper did, that's a that's a win at the tight end position. All right, Hayden Hurst doesn't crack my top 10. Same. Uh, doesn't crack my top 11. Same. Doesn't what if we were doing a top, top 13? 12. <laughs> doesn't crack my top 13. All right, guys. I'll see you later. All right, number nine. Number nine. I got Tyler Higby at nine, so we don't have to really talk about that. Mason, you got number nine. You had Higby number nine, too? Yep. Well, number nine, I'm going to shock you with the name here. <clears throat> Noah Fant. Oh, Ooh. Okay. Yeah, okay. 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 I you know why? Gronk, actually. You know why? Four Maybe words. Right Four words. Noah. Second year tight end. <laughs> That's that, enough said. Enough said. I don't even have to elaborate on that. No, you don't. All right. It's proven. Rounding out number ten. So I'll give you a a um, Noah Fant type pick right here, number ten. It's gonna be. Jonu Smith on the Tennessee Titans. Actually, I like that pick a lot. I like Jonu Smith. Wow. He's a fucking beast. And he is. And he's been there for like three years now. But, you know, Delaney Walker's been there. But Walker's been hurt, too, and still no big things from Jonu. But this might be the year. He's the guy. And, uh, you know, Tannehill might do something better than Mariota. Mason, number 10. Number 10 for me is Austin Hooper. Yep. Glenn shaking his head. I know Glenn shaking his head. But here's my thing. False hope. Cleveland, so, by the way. What? Say Cleveland, by the way. Cleveland, yes. Um, I think that Austin Hooper is going to do the things at the tight end position in Cleveland that a lot of people have thought that David Njoku was going to do for the past few years, if that makes sense. I think that he's going to fit well in that offense. Um, hopefully, I am hoping with this pick that uh, that the Browns improve a little bit on offense this year because technically, even though they weren't that good last year, the pieces are still there. So if they can just get their shit together a little bit, there is a lot of potential there. I'm going to say one thing about Austin Hooper. Uh, he's good, good talent. Cleveland, too many mouths to feed. I don't think he's going to get the volume that, you know, he got in Atlanta. It'll be all right. It'll be top 15. I just don't think he cracks top 10. Too many mouths and a small spoon from Baker Mayfield. 
Wow. Damn, bro. Uh, my number 10, <laughs> and we'll round this out here with tight ends. My number 10 is the greatest tight end of all time returning to the NFL. Antonio Yates. Wow. Rob. Gronkowski. I was wondering if one of us was going to have him. I was hoping you gotta have him. Was you got to have him. Because I almost think, Rob, Gronkowski, I almost Rob Gronkowski doesn't just come back out of retirement to pair up with his buddy Tom and enjoy life down in Florida. He comes to score touchdowns, and that's what he's going to do. He might not get the volume he used to get in New England. That's okay. But if he finds the end zone, he'll be all right, and he'll be top 10 because when you have a tight end of fantasy, all you want from them is to find the end zone, and that's what Gronk's going to do. Glenn, I hope you know how much I want you to be right. I want Gronk to be fucking nasty this year. Wow. Just like Brady. I hope Brady has the best year of his career. All right, so that was tight ends. You all have anything to say about Gronk? No. I'm very curious. It's such a mystery to me that I really don't want to bother unless, you know, I'm sure he's going to get drafted higher than I'd want to take him, so I'm most likely not going to have him. He could have a pretty big year because he's Gronk, but you never know. He's missed. Uh, he missed a year. New team. Hey, think of it this way. There. Think of it this way. Gronk's the healthiest he's been in years. That's true. So even but, if, hey, he could be a steal at a late pick too. Yeah, he could be. It's gonna. It might depend on the coaching. Bruce Arians doesn't really use his tight end. Didn't Tom, last year with OJ Howard. You think Tom Brady's a quarterback? Tom yeah. Brady is a freshman now on this team. He is going to listen to his new boss. No way. <laughs> he's not no going to have as much. Way. He's not going to have pull. Come on. I don't care who you are. Are you kidding me? Are you do you think that for a second Tom Brady would have gone to the Bucks if they didn't let him fucking coach? I want that I want, offense, I want basically. I want a t-shirt that has Tom Brady is a freshman and All right, that might have been the wrong word, but you Matt know what I'm trying Sousa. to say. 2020. <laughs> I don't think he's going to change. Well, I mean, obviously he can target him if he wants, but I don't know if that's going to change the game plan just because Gronk and Tom Brady are there together. All right, no, so see. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to wrap it up. Yeah, that's fine. We can wrap um, it up. Yeah, so that was RBs and tight ends. Next week we'll do uh, quarterbacks and wide receivers. And you're posting these, right? Yeah, I will. I will on the socials. So make the sure socials. you follow us. The socials. Uh, right now, let's let's preview some uh, some AFC standings. Damn this this would be cool if we had like a nice little intro into this segment. That's what I was thinking too. Wait, like the way that Glenn said it, it sounds like we should have an intro. Let's preview some AFC standings. Yeah. Are you ready for standings? All right, I'm gonna go through my teams, and when I say my standings. I'm going to say the team, and I'm going to say who I think the fantasy MVP for that team will be, and X Factor on the team, and I want you to give me that team. Oh, what, what you guys think for that team. Okay. Team. You got sure. it. I'm going to say team one more time. Team. So team. which which division? A team. AFC North. Oh. So I got the Baltimore Ravens winning the AFC North going 13-3. and three. I looked at their schedule today. I did some hardcore schedule looking. I think they're going to lose a game to Pittsburgh, one of their two games against them. Something about it tells me Pittsburgh's going to beat them. I don't know what. I just think Pittsburgh's going to be a very good team this year, and they're going to upset the Ravens in one game. And then they have a stretch of games – not a stretch of games, but they they face Kansas City, Houston, Dallas, and Philadelphia. Between those four games, the Ravens are only going to win two out of the four. 
I don't know who they're going to beat, but they're only going to win two out of the four of those. So that'll be their two losses along with a loss to Pittsburgh. The Baltimore Ravens fantasy MVP is going to be the real-life MVP, Lamar Jackson. And their fantasy X Factor is going to be Marquise Brown. Susan? I agree with those two picks, but for the sake of not picking Marquise Brown, I'm going to go with J.K. Dobbins, the rookie running back that they just drafted, highly touted. Mark Ingram, the second, is there. However, if you can draft J.K. Dobbins late on your bench and somehow he takes over that lead back role, he could bring you to a championship. J.K. Dobbins? Yeah. Or J.K. Dobbins? Oh. Oh, fuck. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Make that into a T-shirt, Glenn. You know what's going to happen. Mason, what do you say for Baltimore? Uh, I have them at 13-3 and three as well. I think they're going to kind of run away with that division, personally. Um, my MVP would be Lamar Jackson, my X Factor. Mark Ingram. Nah. Hell, yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Come All on, right. man. After after Baltimore, I have Pittsburgh going ten and six. Um, coming second in that division. I do believe they claim a wild card spot as well. Pittsburgh defense last year was the number one defense. Everybody talks about the Patriots, this and that. It was Pittsburgh in fantasy. Number one defense. It's going to continue. If you get Big Ben Roethlisberger back, watch the fuck out because the Steelers are coming. Whoa. My MVP is going to be Juju Smith-Schuster with a bounce back year. And the X Factor, James Conner. Yeah. Good pick. James James Conner flies around, I feel like, RB2 this year. Um. But RB1 potential, obviously, as we've seen. We'll yeah, see. he can definitely deliver. He has a solid possibility to deliver um, better expectations than where he's being drafted, for sure. My X Factor, I'm going to pick Deontay Johnson because that'll be a big, big thing for this team if a wide receiver, too, Deontay Johnson can step up because you know how their ones and twos have been for the wide receivers, Antonio Brown and Juju and even Martavis Bryant in those years. If Deontay Johnson, and some people do believe he will step up and be that guy, if he can, that'll be big for the Steelers. And if you can get him in the later rounds, that would be big for your most likely flex spot and your wide receiver depth. Mason. All right. So I also have Pittsburgh going 10-6. and six. I think they're going to get the second wild card. Um, I think their offense will be interesting this year because it's going to be interesting to see how Big Ben looks after a relatively significant injury. Um, last Pause year, real quick. did you see his quarantine beard? Yes, I did. Yeah. He looked like a homeless man. Yeah, I hope he keeps it. I hope anyway, he keeps it. Uh, so I, I think it'll be interesting to see how their offense functions this year. Also, we see if James Connor Connor was cl- is closer to uh, what he was his first year or what he was his second year. Um, and we can see how Juju looks with an actual quarterback because we didn't really get to see that last year. So my X Factor, or my MVP, is also going to be Juju. And my X Factor is going to be Big Ben. I like that X Factor, Big Ben. Big Big Ben's healthy. He's top five quarterback. He usually leads the league in passing yards for some reason. For some reason. (laughs) Um, All right, after Pittsburgh, I got Cleveland coming in at seven and nine. Um, 
offensively, they got they got all the weapons they need. Will they put it together? No. It's the Browns. Um, <laughs> no. Defensively, Miles Garrett, the head smasher returns. And um, they, they kind of have a solid defense. I just don't think Cleveland will put enough fourth quarters together to win close games. That's why I got them at seven and nine. Their schedule is a little tough as well. Um, my MVP for the Cleveland Browns, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb gets dubs. My fantasy X factor for the Cleveland Browns is actually Jarvis Landry. Uh, he showed a lot of promise at, like towards the mid uh, middle of last season and late in last season. Um, there's no reason, you know, where he can't surpass OBJ. If everyone's giving OBJ attention, fucking feed Landry. You know? Yeah. Um, so I, I, if you haven't noticed, I'm not doing like schedules and their records. So, but you guys, I like, like your picks for those. But my MVP, it's Nick Chubb because Chubb gets dubs. X Factor, Baker Mayfield. Because if, like I said, he has a small spoon and a lot of mouths to feed, meaning he can't, he's just not good enough to feed them all. And you love but, that analogy. But if, if he gets better, if he can feed those guys, then they're all going to do well. Odell, I mean, you want, you want, you want to draft him, but you're afraid he's going to suck. If Baker Mayfield can step up this year and feed all those guys, including Austin Hooper, then watch out. Watch the fuck out. Mason. Oh, um, I have, I have the Browns as my third team as well. Um, I just think, I just think by default they're going to be better than the Bengals because we've we've talked about the Bengals earlier and some of their problems on offense. Um, but I think the Browns just have a lot of talent there, and if they can put even an ounce of it together and getting get it going in the right direction, they'll be decent. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I don't feel like they're going to be in any playoff push. Yeah. But I think that's the thing. Right. They'll be a, they'll be like the definition of a middling team, where like maybe their offense is good, but their defense sucks and they can't get the job done. Something like that. Who's your but MVP and X Factor? My MVP, also Nick Chubb. I think we've also the same reason. Chubb gets dubs. Uh, and my my X Factor is also Baker Mayfield because I think a lot of how far that team goes is going to be on his back. All right. All right. Uh, last but not least, we've got the Cincinnati Bengals rounding out at 4-12. and 12. Um, Although they get the number one pick, Joe Burrow, promising rookie. Uh, he's going to struggle this year a bit, you know, getting adjusted to the NFL. Um, I, I think he'll be decent. Uh, he could have some good fantasy weeks. Would I trust him as a starter? No. Um, but who's to say, you know, by midweek of the season, if you're scrambling for a quarterback for some reason, I feel like he's a plug-and-play. I just don't think the defense is good enough to keep them in games. I don't think the offense is going to make up for it. Four and 12 for the Bengals. My uh, MVP for the Bengals, Tyler Boyd makes a big jump. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Joe Mixon, we expect it, you know, as an MVP, but I feel like Tyler Boyd is going to be the best fantasy player on this team this year um, with Joe Burrow being a big factor. Um, my X factor is going to be A.J. Green. Because people are going to sleep on A.J. Green and not draft him as high as his value is going to be this year. So A.J. Green on your team, if healthy, could be a bonus, could be a wide receiver one like he used to be. He's the X Factor. I like him as the X Factor. 
But my MVP will be Joe Mixon because I think he will be a top 10 guy. And I think he's going to really make an improvement this year over his around RB10 status that he's been doing. Mason? Um, yeah, I think I think Cincinnati is kind of interesting because it could be it could be like one of two things where there could be like an absolute dumpster fire or they could be like one of those teams. It's like a little, little kind of scrappy hangs in there. Kind of like the Cardinals team. last year. Yeah. Um, so I think their offense will be interesting to see because there's nothing really to see on their defense. I don't think their defense is like you said, Glenn, their defense isn't good enough to keep them low scoring and their offense isn't good enough to keep them in games against someone who's trashing on the defense. So, um, yeah. My X factor or my, my MVP is going to be, uh, I believe, Tyler Boyd as well, because I agree with what you said. I think he really has the opportunity to step up because, like we said earlier, A.J. Green's coming back. So I think that will only benefit him um, being opposite of A.J. Green. So might open up a little things a little bit more for him. Um, and then my X factor is going to be Joe Burrow. I'm interested to see how he looks. That's a good X factor as well. Um, all right, that's the AFC North. Moving on to the AFC South. Uh, here's where things could get iffy for you guys, but I got the Tennessee Titans running it back, and they're actually going to win the division. They're not going to be a wild card team this year. They're going to improve and finish 10 and 6 and win the division. Damn. My Tennessee MVP, none other than the one, the only Derrick Henry. And the X oh, yeah. Factor for the Tennessee Titans is going to be A.J. Brown. Oh, good one. So that guy's a beast. And if Tannehill lives up to the payday that he did get and continues to, you know, rise with Mike Vrabel and those Tennessee Titans team, A.J. Brown, man, he's a fucking talent. And he could get fed the rock. Yeah. And I think a lot of people – I think a lot of people see that, which is probably pushing his ADP a little, a little high. So I'm going to make my X factor. Derrick Henry's the MVP. My X factor is going to be Jonu Smith because he will be a tight end that you get in the late rounds. But if he hits, if the gamble pays off and he's like a number five tight end, that's going to be an insane value for your team. Yeah. And um, that's why he's my X factor. Mason. Um, so I actually have the Colts winning the division. Yeah. What? I think, I think <laughs> that um, with – What's Bill their Burrow's, record? What? What's their record? Probably 10 and 6. Damn. Because I think what's going to happen is that I think Philip Rivers is going to get that last-ditch lightning in a bottle shit. And I think that they're actually going to be pretty decent this year. Their defense was relatively good last year. They can run the ball. Philip Rivers just needs to not make mistakes. I think he can do that. And I think that they actually might be pretty decent this year. Hell no to the no, no, no. Hell to the no, no, to the no, no. I love it. So my MVP for the Colts is going to be uh, T.Y. Hillen because I think a big problem that they've had is his health. And if he can stay healthy, I think that he has the potential to make a huge impact uh, on how good they are offensively. And then my X factor is Philip Rivers because we got to know what we're going to get. We're going to get what we got with the Chargers last year where he was throwing fucking 20 interceptions a game. Or are we going to get good Philip Rivers? 
that we've seen before as well. Okay. Uh, give me give me your Tennessee MVP and X Factor. Uh, Tennessee. Um, my MVP is going to be Derrick Henry um, because, like I talked about earlier, I think that he's going to be the workhorse of the offense, and I think a lot of the offense is going to run through him. So he's going to be essential to that team's success. And then my uh, my X Factor is Ryan Tannehill. Because if he can even perform slightly, like like eighty to seventy five percent of what he did last year, Tennessee will be a damn good team. They'll be you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Because especially if that passing game is on point, like it was in the regular season at the end of the year, they could be dangerous. Okay, but not dangerous enough to beat the Colts. No. All right. Um, I'm not, I'm not even going to talk about the Colts next because I don't have them that high. I'm going to talk about the Texans. Uh, I have the Texans coming in second in that division, going at nine and seven. Um, my fantasy MVP is going to be Deshaun Watson. And then the X Factor, Mason. I knew it. You motherfucker. Mason. This X Factor is none other than David Johnson. Well, it could have been one of two guys, actually. What? Because Brandon Cooks is there. Oh, it could have been him too. Oh, I forgot he got traded there. So that was, that was a little tease. This is I forgot this, about this. Your name the Houston Masons. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, honestly, my MVP is David Johnson. I think, I think he's gonna he's gonna Man, bounce back. He's this really trying a, to trigger Mason right now. No, I I, I would <laughs> love both of you. And I said this with. Uh, What's his name? I should have said Devonta Freeman. He's David Johnson and Brandon <laughs> I said this with Devonta Freeman girl. last year, which proved to be a bad thing to say. But I would love to have David Johnson as my RB2 because I think he has a really good potential to like be a high-end RB2 or a low-end RB1. I, I believe in him still. Right. Um, and then my X factor is going to be – I don't even have an X Factor. I guess Brandon Cooks. No, no, Will Fuck Fuller. You. Will Fuller, Will Fuller, because, oh, yeah, yeah. because nice we know save. what he can be, right? But he's never healthy enough to do it. Exactly. So, but if he is healthy, you never know. And nice. one thing I got to say, oh, sorry. be careful trading out there, because if you get a proposal with D. Johnson, RB for the Houston Texans, it might be Duke Johnson. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, call. so watch out. Nice. So, uh, for the Houston Texans, I have them finishing third, um, and I think the reason the, well the reason why I have that is I think they're going to miss um, DeAndre Hopkins a lot more than they think they're going to personally. Um, they got Cooks. He sucks. Someone blows on him. He has a concussion. No. I'm not kidding. I know, I know. One more, <laughs> like, he's I'm out. I'm serious. I'm not kidding. Heavy wins, you got concussed. Anyway, I think MVP has to be Deshaun Watson because now he doesn't have Hopkins to bail him out at the end of games. Because let's be honest, DeAndre Hopkins is a cheat code. Okay. Yeah. Like that yeah, guy cheats not by there. pushing off on people. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, he's he's great. He's nasty. And I like to say that. They're going to miss 
him in the passing game a lot, which is why my X factor is David Johnson. <laughs> Jeez. Because they're going to need him to pick up some of the slack because their, their passing game just isn't going to be as good. I mean, that's just the fact. It all comes full circle. So it has come full circle. That is the only prop I am giving David Johnson ever. All right. All right. After, after the Texans have got Indy at 6-10, and 10, um, fantasy MVP for Indy? Stuff. Uh, I'm, I might have to go. MVP. Yeah, I might have to go Ty. I think he could be explosive with Philip Rivers at quarterback. He's already been explosive in the past. Uh, X factor. I feel like I'm gonna do co X factors with Marlon Mack, and then um, who's the rookie they drafted? Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. Um, they could be a two-headed monster. They could be one guy taking over. The other guy sits the pine. Everyone's just scored. <laughs> yeah, they did. And um, Sorry. So, yeah, uh, that's that's Indy 6-10, and 10, though. I don't see them doing anything special. Phillip Rivers, I feel like, had a better team with San Diego and couldn't do anything special. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's tough with Marlon Mack and – Jonathan Taylor, because Jonathan Taylor is a great running back. He was drafted high, but yet they got Marlon Mack, who was just fine. So, uh, and this article says Jonathan Taylor is not yet viewed as a starter, but you never know. It could be like anyone's game. You might be right, two-headed monster, in which case no one is a good fantasy value. Um, my MVP is going to be T.Y. Allen as well. And my X Factor is going to have to be Phillip Rivers because he's going to be the one that makes this team go. Yeah. And hopefully he can make it go. He's a solid quarterback. Hopefully he can just plug and play in this offense and, and feed T.Y. Hilton and, um, and get this team scoring. All right, Mason already gave us our, his indie picks, so we don't have to worry about that. But last but not least, in the AFC South, I have Jacksonville coming in at 5-11. and 11. Uh, Real brief we on, all Jacksonville. Agree on Jacksonville. We don't, have, we don't have to talk much about them, but I'm going to go um, fantasy MVP Leonard Fournette because people forget about Fournette. And X Factor. Do we know who's starting? Is Nick Foles have the starting job back? Or are they still giving it to Gardner Minshew? Uh, I think. I got Gardner. No, Minshew Nick here. Foles. Nick Foles, Foles is on the Bears now. Isn't oh he? yeah, yeah, he's on the Bears. Yeah. What am I thinking? Yeah, it's, it's Gardner. It's Gardner. Uh, is the X Factor? Uh, I think that team will go as he goes. He shows some flashes of being pretty good. Uh, can he be consistent? Who knows? If he does, then you know he can make enough moves to be a a fantasy option, you know, a plug-and-play here and there, but nothing crazy. It's the Jaguars. My MVP is going to be if you fucking DJ say, Shark. I think – I think you're going to say D.D. Westbrook, and I was oh, going to say, no, get the no, fuck out of no. here. You know what? You're right. Suzo fucking loves that guy. I know. No, I hyped him up last year, and then Nick Foles didn't play. That was a problem. Yeah, so, that was a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, DJ Chark was the one to step up. And I think he's going to continue being that guy. Fournette, yes. But he's going to be my X factor because he can be a toss-up sometimes with his health. And last year, solid. Like, he played 15 games, only three touchdowns, 1,100 yards on the ground. Nothing spectacular. Still a low-end RB1. But um, I just feel like he's not – as 
good as people think he is, at least for fantasy. So I'm going to go him as my X factor because he can do it, but will he do it? I don't know. And DJ Chark will be my MVP. Mason. Ooh. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. This game is intense. Um, so for, for me, I have the Jags in last place as well, obviously. Um, I just don't think they're a very good team, um, to be honest. And I guess my MVP will probably be Fournette because I think, once again, that guy is someone that the offense needs to be successful. Um, so a lot of how they do is going to hinge on his play and whether he can stay healthy. Yep. Um, and my X factor is also DJ Chark. I think if he can replicate kind of what he did in the beginning or uh, for certain stretches throughout the season, he showed flashes of being a potential um, stud. So we'll have to see how that develops. If he develops, they might actually be a little bit better than people expect. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I think you know. AFC East, um, the dynasty's over. I got Buffalo winning the division oh. at, at 10 and 6. Hot takes with Glenn. Buffalo wins the division at 10 and 6. Fantasy MVP, Josh Allen. Hey. Fantasy yeah. X Factor. Dude is wet, bro. Devin Singletary. Oh. That's all I have to say about that. Um, yeah, MVP, Josh Allen, X Factor, Stephon Diggs. New addition, sliding in as a big body receiver for Josh Allen, unlike John Brown, who's a smaller guy. That could make a huge difference to this team for Josh Allen's fantasy. Diggs himself, I don't think he's going to explode to being better than what he was with the Vikings, but that's why he's an X Factor, because you never know. But at least for Josh Allen's sake, he should be pretty good for this team, Stephon Diggs. Mason. All right, so I have the Patriots winning the division. Sorry. All right, so before you talk about the Patriots, give us your Bills MVP and x All right, um, I guess my Bills, my Bills MVP um, is going to be Josh Allen because I think there's a lot of potential there with him. Um, but the, the the thing is is that I don't think their their uh, passing offense had a lot of like you can say could like like weapons. You know what I'm saying? Whereas I think now they have digs. I think um, Allen has the potential to put up some pretty good numbers, along with the fact that he's also a good runner. Um, so he's my MVP, and then my X factor, Stephon Diggs it'll be interesting to see how he fits in that offense and uh, if he can be a stud there. Cool. Um, all right, so Patriots. I don't have them winning the division, but I do have them number two. Mason? Um, yeah, I think, you know what? I honestly feel good about Cam Newton as a Patriots quarterback. I think it gives them, you know, we talked about potential to get – when we talked about it. Um, the potential to get maybe another win or two, and I think that could potentially get them in the playoffs. If they don't finish, if they don't win the division, I think the Patriots potentially are a wild card team. Um, now that they expanded the playoffs, so, um, so my uh, my X factor or my my MVP, I think is going to be um, 
Julian Edelman because I think the offense kind of runs through him at this point. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how uh, someone like Nikhil Harry looks. So he's going to be my X factor um, because after his injury at the beginning of last year, we really don't know what he is. Um, he showed flashes of being pretty good, but then there was a lot of talk about how Brady didn't want to work with the young guys. So it'll be interesting seeing how he interacts with Cam Newton and uh, whether they can build some chemistry and if he can be a big threat. Susan, you on the Patriots and I'll go. I, I'm going to pick Cam Newton as my MVP because I don't see many of the other positional players being that great in their position because um, obviously new quarterback in town, but I do believe Cam Newton will be – I don't know. I, I like Mason. I, I believe Cam Newton is a really good quarterback in this team is going to – with Bill Belichick, I think it's going to be a good thing. So I, I expect some good things from Cam Newton. By the way, we didn't mention Lamar Miller is there. Along I don't want to talk other, about that. The other care. eight running backs. That not not going to matter. Not going to matter. Here's I don't why. care give, about give your, Lamar Miller. I'm just saying. Give me your no, I don't care. Uh, I have zero time for Lamar Miller talk on this podcast. Zero. I will leave the Zoom call. There are nine running backs on the depth chart. Um, Nikhil <laughs> Harry is my X factor because I, he's, a, he's a big bodied guy. That Cam Newton, oh, I said that three times already today. But Cam Newton, big boy. when Kelvin Benjamin was on the team with the Panthers, uh, Kelvin Benjamin had a good, a good year with Cam. I think Nikhil Harry kind of fits that mold as a big bodied receiver. So I'm curious to see that connection unfold. I think that might be better than Edelman. Maybe we'll see. I like, um, I like Nikhil Harry. Um, I don't like him enough to put him at MVP or X factor though. I have the Patriots being the seventh wildcard team. Uh, the seventh, well, the seventh team out of the AFC, the third wildcard team uh, going nine and seven. Cam Newton will be the fantasy MVP. There's no other, nobody else will give consistent, week-in, week-out fantasy production like Cam Newton should. Um, my X factor is going to be James White. Because although, Susie, you said nine running backs on the team, the cream rises to the top. And the turds sink to the fucking bottom. There's a oh. lot of turds on the Patriots running back. Um, James White is probably the most reliable um, running back that they do have. Cam Newton in an offense like he has – James White, I'm not calling him Christian McCaffrey, but we saw the success that Cam Newton had with a running back who's the type of running back like Christian McCaffrey is. And I think James White being that pass-catching back who you know could be an, another – probably a number two option behind Edelman um, for Cam Newton as far as security goes. In PPR, James White has some value if Cam Newton is the starter. We still don't know yet. He's my X factor. All right. Moving on after um, Buffalo, New England, I have Miami coming in third place at 5-11. and 11. Um, Tua will have a pretty good rookie year. Um, my fantasy MVP for Miami um, is going to be Mike Gusecki. Hey. My X factor is going to be like Tua. Um, if Tua plays well, you know, Miami could actually shock a lot of teams and be a lot better than 5-11. and 11. They could threaten for playoffs. They upped their defense last year big time, spent a lot of money. They got the quarterback they wanted in the draft. It's just going to be how well he performs on offense. I think the defense can hold up. And now Tom Brady moves out of New England. They see that the NFC, uh, the AFC East could be wide open. Who knows? 
Uh, I don't I don't have them, you know, they got a kind of tough schedule, so I have them going 5-11, and 11, but we'll see what happens. I like Gusecki as the MVP. I was going to – I was when I went on the team, I expected to pick, like, Devontae Parker, but I don't know if any of these guys are going to step up as much as Gusecki might. So I'm going to put him as my MVP as well. My X factor, it's going to be Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard, running Jordan back, Howard. just moved to Miami, and if you so happen to draft, go wide receiver heavy – in the first few rounds, and then you're looking at – you're scrambling with the running – the shit bag of running backs towards the middle end of the, of the draft. Jordan Come Howard down. could be a saving grace there if he decides to take the job. Because Matt Breida is there too. But if Jordan Howard – because Matt Breida is a little injury prone. If Jordan Howard can be that guy and find success in Miami in the late rounds, he could be something good for your team. Jordan Howard. All right. Am I last on here? Yep. All right. So for the Dolphins, my MVP is going to be Devontae Parker. Uh, I think that offense, um, he kind of kind of kind of came into himself a little bit at the end of yeah. last year. Uh, you know, he's been highly touted for a while as being an elite talent, but he's hasn't really lived up to the hype the past few years. So I think if number one well, guy last year, well, he was a number one receiver I, last year. Yeah. Here's the thing. Let me talk about Devontae Parker real quick. I I feel like I've been burned by Devontae Parker in the past because I kept drafting him and keeping him on my roster, thinking he would be that breakout guy that he was last year. So I feel like if I get him on my team last year, he's going to go back to suck. <laughs> so we'll keep note. Yeah, we'll keep note. We'll go All ahead, right. Jason. So yeah. So he's my MVP, um, and my X factor is Tua because. Tua. Is he, like there's still a lot of rumors coming out of Miami about whether or not he's going to play or it's going to be Fitzpatrick. Um, so that'll be interesting to see in and of itself. And I also he's also been very highly touted as another rookie quarterback in this draft. Um, so I'd be interested to see how he looks in uh, in the NFL. Last but not least, I got the New York Jets uh, rounding out the AFC East, coming in at four and twelve. Uh, I don't believe in the Jets. I don't believe in Sam Donald. Um, I was big on him last year, but I just don't believe in him. I don't, I don't believe in that offense. They got rid of uh, – I don't believe in the defense, what I meant to say. They got rid of Jamal Adams. Um, you know, they're stocking up on draft picks. This is a big tank year for the Jets. If there's any silver lining, it's going to be with the fantasy MVP, Le'Veon Bell. I do believe he will have a bounce back year and not be as bad as he was last year for what you expected from him. I'm not saying he's going to be a top-tier running back, but he'll be a solid RB2 and um, with RB1 potential. Obviously, he has a chance for breakout games. My X factor is um, – it's going to be – Slim pickets. It's going to be Chris Herndon. Oh, man. I remember mean, that? I remember that. And honestly, if he's the X factor and he actually plays, who knows? <laughs> Uh, you know, it's tough with the Jets. I don't think they're going to be that good, but Herndon could be the uh, shining turd. In a... The shiniest turd? Yeah. Yeah, I uh, actually agree with that. Um, I almost made a joke saying my X Factor was Frank Gore, but I just wanted to sh- give him a shout-out. But no, oh Bell's the MVP. Thanks, man. And <laughs> Chris Herndon <laughs> is going to be that X Factor. But I don't expect anything from this team 
Maybe Jameson Crowder could be a flex play. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so I was high on the Jets last year, like Glenn, and that came back to basically just bite me in the ass. Uh, so, yeah, I'm out on the Jets. They're really bad. They're going to be really bad. Um, my MVP and my X Factor is Lev Bell because he's the only fucking player that's worth a damn on that team. So <laughs> Pretty much. And last one. Oh, I got nothing else. Last one, at least I got the AFC West. Um, Kansas City defending Super Bowl champs. I have them having the best record and getting the only buy uh, in the playoff format at fourteen and two. They're going. They're going to lose. I feel like to one division opponent. It's going to be one game either between Oakland, fucking the Chargers and the Broncos. One of those games the- are six. The Chargers would be like a trap game, basically. Yeah, one, so one of them's going to fall into a trap game, and they're going to they're going to get shocked by one of the teams. But other than that, they're going to sweep through everybody. They're going to beat all the good teams, but they're going to have one loss, and it's either going to be to Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or they're going to lose against Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints. They're going to win one of those games, but they're going to lose to the other team. Uh, so fourteen and two, I had the Chiefs going there. The MVP is the Super Bowl MVP, Pat Mahomes. Um, He's the man. He goes – the Chiefs will go as he goes, coming off the fattest deal in American sports history. And then the X factor for the Kansas City Chiefs is going to be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Because we, because we know what we're going to get from Tyreek Hill. We know what we're going to get from Travis Kelsey. The one that could really put your team over the top and give you the edge against other teams is Hilaire. Even though he's, like I said, projected at the end of the first round, maybe early second round, He's the X factor. He's the difference. If he plays, you know, to the potential that he could play as, your team's going to be fucking loaded. Yeah. I agree with, with everything you just said. So, I'll go to Mason on this. Oh, uh, I think that, yeah, Chiefs are, Chiefs are going to be Chiefs. They're going to win that division. Um, what? It's, what? Oh, man. It's like you were called on in class but you weren't paying attention. What do you mean? I was oh, yeah. Uh, no, the Chiefs are going to be great. Yeah. No, they are. <laughs> yeah, the the thing about the book that I read was uh, I read the book. <laughs> and it was good, but it was like some bad parts too. So. Yeah. <laughs> Had a lot of pages. Yeah. I'm just looking at their depth chart. It's stacked. Yeah, it is. And they got but basically just, their whole season. They're just going to be really good. Time. I co-signed on Patrick Mahomes MVP. And hello. Yeah. Watch out for Sammy Watkins. Yes, just kidding. Just kidding. The Lizard King. Hey. Coming in second and just missing the playoffs, unfortunately, is going to be the Oakland – I'm sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders. Put a dollar in the jar, Glenn. That's right. I got them going nine and seven. Um, the MVP is going to be Josh Jacobs. The X Factor is going to be Henry Ruggs, rookie wide oh. receiver. Oh. I think um, Tyrell Williams did his job last year. He was a touchdown machine. I feel like he got a touchdown every year. He's not going to do that same thing. I think they're going to try to get Ruggs involved in that offense. And um, if you take a flyer on him, you know, late in the draft, in the middle of the draft, I don't know where his ADP is, but I just feel like he's not as high as uh, he should be because Derek Carr keeps getting better statistically. Uh, We just don't see it because the Raiders haven't been as successful as they once were. Josh Jacobs is my MVP as well. I'm going to pick Hunter Renfro as my X factor on this one. Henry Ruggs, like you said, he was drafted um, highly touted. So I think he'll be all right. 
Renfro was there last year, and he showed some flashes. And he actually kind of – I had like, Darren Waller on my team. And, I like and, Renfro. And Renfro, when Darren Waller didn't do well, it was because Renfro was going off. Because, I don't know, he was just getting a lot of targets. Then he missed some time towards the end of the year and then finished strong with a 20-point game and a 19-point game. I think he could be something. He's an X factor for me. He's like a new age Wes Welker. Maybe. Miss. Um, I think that the uh the Raider the Raiders are gonna be second in the division as well. Um they're gonna be a fringe playoff team. They're either gonna they're gonna be right on that bubble, whether or not they make it. Um I think my MVP is probably gonna be Jacobs, because you know, I well, yeah, he's he's. I think he's going to carry the offense for the most part, um, and then kind of in hand with that, the other guy that we talked about from the Raiders earlier today, I think, will be the X factor, Darren Waller. So I think if he can continue kind of what he did last year, it'll open up a lot of things in that passing game, or those wide receivers that you guys talked about may potentially open up opportunities for him as well. So, yeah. After the Raiders, I got the Chargers. Um, at seven and nine, I think um, with a rookie quarterback or possibly Tyrod Taylor, uh, it'll be it'll be enough. You know, they have a lot of weapons on offense. People forget about Austin Eckler too. Um, wide receivers are good, but what really is going to carry this team is the defense. I, I really like their defense when they're all healthy. Uh, seven and nine, they might try to push for a playoff spot. I don't know. Uh, my fantasy MVP from the Chargers is going to be Keenan Allen. And the X Factor is going to be Austin Eckler. If he does what he did last year, you're golden. If not, you look like a fucking asshole. Yeah, I'm actually going to flip that around. Austin Eckler, it's, it's really tough. I cannot confidently pick an MVP, but I'm going to pick Austin Eckler on this one. And then um, X Factor will be Hunter Henry. Because he's got the talent, but he doesn't really have the health. Will this be the year of Hunter Henry that everyone's been waiting for for years? Point kid. Mason. All right. So I have the Chargers actually finishing in last place uh, in the division. And, but basically, for my MVP and my X Factor, I co signed with Susan. I think both of those are very on point for how their season's going to go. So you got Denver in third, but I got them last, um, going five and eleven. I think um, the fuck's quarterback's name? Who? Who's the quarterback for the uh, Broncos? Locke. Oh, Drew Locke. Drew Locke. I almost said Jake Locker. What the fuck? Oh, Drew Locke. Um, Jake Locker. He'll he'll be better, but it's, it's not gonna be good enough. They get Melvin Gordon, that's fine. They still have Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman. That backfield's a mess. I don't want any part of it. Don't even come near me with it. Um, fantasy MVP is gonna be Cortland Sutton. A little bit of Sutton, Sutton. He might take that wide receiver one leap this year, uh, kind of like Kenny Galladay did last year. Um, my X factor, no font, no fan, fan font. X factor. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's fair or font. We can kind of font is he comic sans. Just depends how you're feeling, I guess. 
my uh, my MVP will be um, Cortland Sutton as well. My X factor is going to be Jerry Judy. You know, mm. drafted high, rookie, great talent, not the best team. You know what I mean? Could have been in a better position, but you never know with Drew Locke. There's, there's been a lot of hype behind him for some reason. So there could be something behind Jerry Judy. I'm, I'm really curious to see how he's going to be. Nice. All right. So. <laughs> All right. So, uh, I have, I have Noah Denver, Page Ron Mason. Uh, third place, obviously. Um, yes, mom. God. Uh, I have Denver coming in third. Um, my X Factor is Cortland Sutton. I think uh, uh, we really get to see this year if he is all that as a young wide receiver or if he is butt cheeks. Um, and then my MVP is going to be Philip Lindsay because I think their running game has been relatively consistent over the past few years, and he's been even Steven, so to speak, for them. So Pretty bold. Yeah. All right, that's our AFC preview. Uh, I want to step further mid the uh, playoff seating. Like I said, Kansas City gets the bye. Baltimore will be the two seed facing the number seven seed New England Patriots. That's a first-round matchup. Um, Buffalo wins the division and faces Houston, another wild-card team. And then Tennessee division winner faces Pittsburgh. Could happen. If I get that right, yeah. you guys owe me 100 bucks. Never should have got it. All right. Um, obviously, it's a very informative podcast, very long with RBs, tight ends, AFC preview. We're coming back next week with QBs, wide receivers, and an NFC preview. If you have any of your questions that you want answered on the podcast, shoot us a DM at uh, underscore – I'm sorry, no, at Stellar underscore pod on Twitter, but Stellar Seller Pod on Instagram – let me check. I can't hear Sousa. I said the hell if I know. There we go. <laughs> um, it's the Stellar yep. Stellar Pod on Instagram. Yep. And, and Stellar underscore pod on Twitter. I know that for a fact. Twitter is Stellar underscore pod. Yep. Um, like so, I said, tweet at us. Ask us questions. We will answer them to the best of our abilities. And anything else we want to add before we leave? I don't think so. Football's coming. Uh, I know. Uh, Get your drafts ready. Uh, keep wearing masks. Wearing masks, bitches. Right. I think last time you said stupid bitch. Not sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think wear a mask. Yeah, I'm not, I don't have the energy today. Valid. All right. We will see you next week, guys. Let's get the fuck out of here. Bye-bye.